I'm Kevin Coleman at the boys underscore 22. I'm Jeff Bell at for whom J Bell tolls. And I'm Christian Williams at C Williams NFL. And this is the Debbie Royale. I do this day in and day out all night long. Yeah. This is all I think about. This is all I care about. Y'all all I care about. Let's go, man. It's here. We televised. So you know we got to show out. Yeah. They talking junk. So you know we got to put in the sleep. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go, man. Let's go. go play. Let's go. We do this every day. We work too hard. Day in, day like I told y'all. They'll do what we do. They'll do what we do. They never know what we did. Welcome to another episode of the WRL, a member for the Going for Two family. Uh, today on the show, we're covering spring games, our top five tight ends of the 2022 class, which is not exciting. Uh, picking more NBA playoff games and discussing our undervalued and overvalued Debbie assets right now. Uh, and we're going to go over the transfer portal. But before that, Jeff's got a bunch of punishments that he has to do uh, because he's lost so many games and he's just not very good at the punishment, the wheel of death. So, Jeff, why don't you go ahead and start and tell us what you're doing and the punishments you got going on. Um, yeah, so right now I'm making myself a coffee without coffee. So I poured some creamer and some sugar into a cup. So I'm going to drink that first to start out with. So, you know, it's great air while I'm drinking something. So if you guys want to talk about something. Sure. Yeah, sure. We can talk. That actually, you know? that's probably not punishment. That was probably delicious. Like, if people <laughs> just drink creamer and sugar, just just go with it because that was kind of good. I'll do that again. That's going to be Jeff's new uh, morning All right. ritual. All right. <laughs> morning ritual is just pound some creamer and sugar. All right. So I'm going to do a dance now uh, for our, my good friend, Mr. Troy King. He's been trying to make this happen, the Thirsty Thursday dance. So, um, you know, I watched the video and I've tried to figure it out and so, so we just, it's Thirsty Thursday. It's Thirsty Thursday. We just do a little bit of this, a little oh, bit of this. Man. And then he's doing like these kind of moves. And then he does like this move. And then he's, there's some sort of like this swinging. So that's another punishment. And uh, I'm going to, now I'm going to work on eating a package of um, hot chocolate mix without any water or anything. So it's going to be another good thing to do. So if you guys want to, I've got, I got a spoon for this one. So if we want to move on to the next thing, and I can kind of, I've got hot chocolate mix all over myself now. So this is just a fantastic start to this show. Um, <laughs> don't lose the bucket. Of, I've gotten so, by the way, I've gotten so unlucky on these bucket of death things because I've lost, like, I lost the SDS championship game, and that was like a final score at the end of the game that swung that game. I lost the Spurs game the other night, and that was like a single-digit close loss so i've gotten just these punishments stacked up so i gotta do this but um this is just fantastic so way to, way to start a show but if you guys want to talk about transfer news or anything else you want to talk about go ahead yeah uh, so for the first part of the show we're going to talk about some transfer chaos uh not as many transfers this 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 week or as we've kind of seen uh 
Cameron Buckley, Texas A&M. He went to Indiana. He's a three-star. Uh, Marquis Spiker, the guy, the picture we just saw, if you're watching this on, on there. Washington to Nevada. He's a four-star wide receiver. And actually, I think that is some news. You know, five Washington wide receivers have transferred from that program. Uh, poor Jeff's dying over here. And then uh, we got Theo Howard, a former Oklahoma UCLA guy to Utah. So we, we see a lot of – seems to transfer there, some wide receiver guys. Uh, to be honest with you, I didn't know a lot of these guys um, until I looked them up and kind of read them. I did. I don't. I do know who Spiker is, who went to Nevada. But what do you make of Christian? All these guys leaving Washington's program. It's not great. Uh, it, it's not great, especially since there are two Debbie quarterbacks that you should have some interest in, and and Heward and who's their incoming freshman. Um, Fuck, I, I, excuse my language. Uh, I, forgot, I forgot his name. But uh, th- there are some assets there where you're kind of concerned now that, that that's definitely not a, a, a team that's loaded with weapons, right? So uh, def- we'll talk about tight ends later. Uh, our boy, your boy, uh, Cade, should see, you know, a 50% target share at this point. Uh, so it's just it, – it's not great for that program. It, it's not a good look. I do want to touch on – uh, Theo Howard going to Utah because mm-hmm. we'll talk about them here shortly. They they need weapons, right? So they absolutely are going to welcome him with open arms. We'll I'll, I'll talk about what I saw kind of out of that wide receiver group in that spring game. And then I don't have too much to say about Buckley other than uh, that's a nice little addition to that offense. Indiana, again, we keep talking about this. Indiana should be second best team in the Big Ten, in my opinion. So. Yeah, um, I, I don't know if Jeff's good. Jeff, you good? You want to talk about some of these transfers over here? You know, it's – don't drink – don't eat a packet of dry, um, hot chocolate. You know, as much as the first thing was not really a punishment, it's kind of delicious, eating a package of dry Swiss Miss was not fantastic. But anyways, <laughs> the, the thing that interests me the most is seeing where these guys are going. You know, we mentioned – we talk about Indiana in the Big Ten – potentially being the second best program there. Nevada adding another weapon for our our favorite guy of the the program, Carson Strong. And then Theo Howard, you know, touched on it too. We're going to talk about Utah in the spring game, them just loading up weapons to be able to, you know, we'll talk about it when we get there. Um, I I just think it's going to be an interesting story this year to watch Utah. Yeah, I mean, that's a good point about Nevada. I mean, with Carson Strong there, with Turner there, Cooks there, um, Dubois got all those guys there. They could have one of the best offenses in, in college football, um, and that's only going to help them. Okay, if going forward, and with, this is a Carson Strong show. Uh, we endorse Carson Strong. Uh, we were we were there first, so all you all that's coming out here now, just so you know. Uh, but we're going to go to the spring football games now. And like we've been talking about, we were talking about Utah, Miami, and FSU. So we're going to be looking at those three. What, what kind of stood out to us? What are some spring football kind of things there? We're going to go to Utah first. Uh, and, and I just want to give a real quick shout out to um, RIP to Ty Jordan. I actually saw some of his tape this last week. And uh, God, he was so damn good. I, I really wish that he was there on that Utah team. But what did you see in that Utah team there, Christian? Uh, not a lot of great, uh, great things. Uh, my main takeaway is that Charlie Brewer, uh, looked really, really good. 15 for 15, 151. Uh, and the box score had two touchdowns. I don't recall the second one, uh, after watching it, but I I think he threw for two, uh, which is good news. The, the part that kind of sucks 
is they kept it very, very simple for him. A lot of his uh, passes were either behind the line of scrimmage or very, very shallow depth. He did have a couple nice throws downfield, but overall you can see what they're going to ask from him. Now, is that his fault? Probably not because like I just talked about, their weapons are just not good. Uh, Solomon Ennis, four for 44. Um, you know, Devon Veal, I think, Veli Veal. I don't know how to say his name. I'm sorry. Uh, that's always going to be a running theme. I suck at names. Uh, but he went four for 66. There's not much to get excited about on that Utah team, in my opinion. Uh, and I know some people are drafting Jaquindon Jackson fairly highly. Uh, he didn't look good. In my opinion, I think this is definitely Brewer's team. Uh, and, you know, I, I think they could have a nice offense if they keep it simple. My note for Brewer, too, was he's what we wanted Brock Purdy to be. So he's, <laughs> he's a good player, but uh, Brock Purdy isn't. So, Jeff, what did you think? Yeah, Brewer strikes me. He's that classic college undersized quarterback. He can kind of run around. He's pretty accurate. He's a gutty guy that he's going to leave it all out there. And I think that's going to be a theme for Utah this year. I think they're really going to be playing for um, Ty Jordan. I think I just think it's, you know, we saw them almost in the college football playoff. They were right there at the end at the, um, in the 2019 season, the last time we had a real season. And I think that's going to be the type of thing that bonds this team together. They've got Brewer coming in, a quarterback from elsewhere, kind of coming in to kind of lend that veteran hand. Um, you know, Brant Kuth, is it Brant Kuth? Is that how we say his name? The the tight end. Tight end, yes. Yeah, so this is obviously a tight end episode. I did, on Debbie Debate, I want to give them a shout-out. Mr. Brenning over there on Debbie Debate on their last episode, they kind of ran through a handful of players, and he talked about him. So he's a, he's a guy that should be on the Debbie radar. We're desperate for tight end production at the college level. So he could, he could step up and have a big role in this offense without the other options there. Um, I just drafted Chris Curry at, in C2C. I don't know if that was necessarily wise. He's an LSU transfer that I don't know that he's necessarily going to be the starting running back there, but a former four star. Uh, but again, I just think just the, the theme of this team is going to be pulling together for uh, Ty Jordan and just kind of win it for him. And so I do think they're going to be good in a competitive big 12. Yeah, I, I think for me, it's their, it, it's their defense is always going to kind of step up. Is it can that offense kind of do anything in there? Um, I don't know. I, I They're okay. I, this game was kind of whatever to me. They're, they don't have a lot of Debbie assets, if you know what I mean. Like they don't really have guys that I expect really to, even in C2C, there's not really anybody out there. I guess Charlie Brewer, uh, he's okay. He turns the ball over a lot, and he makes some bad throws and bad decisions. Uh, but there, there's really no one that actually stood out to me. Like, there's not someone that pops. Um, uh, Coit uh, or Cuth or whatever the hell you call him. Sorry, the Utah <laughs> tight end. I like him, but he's severely undersized. I think he's like six two, six three ish. Like, he's in that range. Like, is he really a tight end? Is he kind of a it, it there? So that that's kind of that's kind of what I see from there. Um, all right, Miami. Miami had a pretty fun spring game. I, they're actually building something down there in Miami. Maybe. Is the U back? That's kind of the question. Uh, Jeff, what do you think? Jake Garcia looked fantastic. Jake Garcia is the future, and I think we're all kind of – we're hoping that we can see that future maybe sooner than what we will. De'Eric King is going to be the starting quarterback there. But in the spring game, he was out. He's still recovering from the ACL injury last year. Jake Garcia, 19 for 25, 255 yards with two touchdowns. Tyler Van Dyke, the other quarterback, he looked a little bit more rocky than Garcia did. For Garcia, for a freshman coming in, 
I don't know. He just leapt off the tape. And we've kind of talked about this. It's kind of been a running theme for this spring. These exciting young freshman quarterbacks, sophomore quarterbacks at some of these programs that are kind of stuck behind the veteran quarterbacks. That's kind of the theme of college football. It, unless an injury or something happens, the coach is going to go with the veteran guy. Charleston Rambo, the transfer from Oklahoma, had a pretty big game, seven for 74. And then Jalen Knighton looked like the best running back. Uh, Don Chaney Jr. was out of this game, but Knighton had seven for 43. Um, but Christian, did, was there a player that stood out that has stood out for you this spring with Miami? Yeah, I, I actually think it's Rambo. Um, so Rambo, I, I always thought Rambo was – very talented and just kind of underutilized at Oklahoma. Um, and even when he was utilized, he wasn't super impressive, but uh, I, I think the talent's there. And I think he has every opportunity to come in and be the kind of alpha for this team. Now you mentioned Eric King, he's going into his 72nd year in college football. So uh, hopefully he'll be able to lead this team quite well. Um, no, I think, you know, I was studying their offensive line cause they have two that are going to be draft eligible uh, last week. And I mean, they, they're set up to be extremely successful. And if De'Ara King, he kind of popped off the screen a few times where like he, he can make some throws under pressure. It, it, it was a little surprising to me, obviously, like he's a very athletic kid. I'd love to see Jake Garcia in there though. Cause I, I think like we said that that is the future. De'Ara King, he might be a good college quarterback, but that's not really what I want to see i guess so he's not going to be anything in the nfl so jay garcia is kind of the guy that i would want and then rambo i would probably take a shot on drafting him in c2c because i think he's going to be ultra productive this year yeah i i love jay garcia he's a california kid and he went to georgia to try to play football over there with COVID hit the only thing that gives me pause about garcia is that if king does come back he's obviously not gonna play this year and then next year they have jacuri brown who is a four basically the fourth rated dual quarterback coming into miami and can garcia beat him out probably maybe but it's going to be close it depends on kind of how they, that so i bet that that's the only thing that kind of with garcia worries me if brown comes in he's that big guy he's a higher recruit uh, could he take his spot? Um, and I've always been a Knighton stan. Um, I've always kind of been the Knighton guy, not the Cheney guy. Uh, but as for C2C, I think. Debbie, I don't know because of the way that the NFL's looked at these profile guys. He's 190, right? Like, I think 190-ish. That worries me. I like fat running backs, and I, I don't necessarily know. I like Knighton as a as an athlete and what he's done, but – what with what the NFL did, Knighton doesn't fit that. Cheney fits that more. So I think that really worries me. Or hey, and a guy that I, I mentioned earlier was Cody Brown, a kid I really like. He went to he was gonna go to Tennessee, transfer Miami. He wasn't in the game, but that's a kid to keep an eye on. He's a big guy. Uh, he's a big back there. But uh, I mean, you're right about Rambo. That dude's gonna eat this year. I have a feeling he's gonna be he's gonna be one of those guys that kind of climbs up the board a little bit. Uh, so that, that's good. Now, I, I actually watched uh, Florida State, and they're kind of in uh, Mike Norvell's second year. So we were looking at where, where's Florida State going to be. Uh, you know, Jordan Travis is there. They have McKenzie Milton, transfers from UCF. Uh, Lawrence Tofilly was there. Uh, all these different guys are here. Now, not, nothing really stood out to me about these games. I do think that McKenzie Milton's going to start for them, though. So I, I do think if, if his knee is healthy, which it was a nasty knee injury, uh, but if, if – 
yeah, I, I don't even know how he kept his leg, but he did. And he's there. You know, he looks pretty good in the spring game. I think that he's a very good value right now um, in C2C leagues. I don't think he's a Debbie asset. I don't know. I, I just don't think that that injury that he's going to get really get looked at. But at C2C, I like Milton. You can get him in the late 30s, I mean, early to late 30s, depending on who's in your draft. Um, I like that. The guy that I think that could have like a Javante Williams kind of rise is running back uh, Joshua Corbin. He went to Texas A&M. He came to Florida State. I think that we could talk about him. He kind of got – he had to get used to that offense. Second half of the year, we see Mike Norvell, what he's done in Memphis with all those running backs. If Corbin can step in there, it's pretty good. And in there, they're talented. They got DJ Williams, uh, Treshawn Ward. So they got a lot of different guys in there that they can really step up. And the receivers are young. So I think the one area that you're going to see is the receivers – uh, you look at McCl- – they have Malik McClain. He's okay. Joshua Burrow is okay. The guy that I love that has is not on campus yet is Destin Hill. And he's getting a lot of love right now in Debbie communities as being kind of the running – like wide receiver one I saw on someone's list today. Uh, so I think that Florida State's kind of in a flux right now. But that offensive line is awful. So that's the other issue. When you talk about Corbin, he could have that rise, but that offensive line is bad. What do you think of Milton, Jeff? You know, he's the veteran – so, and I do, I took both of these backs. I took Cornell and I took Tua Feely in the C2C draft that we're in that will never end. Um, so so I'm, I'm invested in both of these guys. And, you know, I think it, you touch on them and you do we talk about Miami with that backfield as well, it potentially being the North Carolina this year with the Michael Carter and Javante Williams, Thunder Lightning. And Florida State's just missing their guys. And so it's, it's just weird to me, you know, I'm old enough, I'm of a certain age that you see guys in Florida State uniform or see guys in Miami uniform, and you almost think that they're better than what they really are sometimes just, you know, from the, the childhood and seeing these teams. And so Florida State, they, they're really just desperately trying to build up those big guys, as you mentioned. Um, Johnson, the defensive end, Christian, I don't know if he's on your radar yet, but he certainly lit up the first quarter of the spring game. Then they looked like they pulled him out. So I don't know where he's he's landing on NFL draft boards yet, if he's the guy to keep an eye on. But I'd love to hear your thoughts on this team. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, I, I know you guys, I think we had a conversation about, uh, Jeff, you like Florida State a little less, right, than Kevin. Yes. I think I lean more your side because I think to Kevin's point having such a bad offensive line I think then you're running the risk of okay Mackenzie Milton coming off one of the worst injuries I've seen in college football in a long time are you throwing him back there to get his ass kicked I don't know and then if you're not rolling Milton out there I think you're actually getting worse because I think he is the the best option at quarterback outside of that I mean I, the guys are on my radar. It's not these aren't guys that I'm really targeting in Debbie specifically. Uh, Dustin Hill maybe once he is there and on campus, but uh, other than that, like this isn't a team that that gets the juices flowing. If you know what I mean. No, I mean that's fair. I think you know. Don't forget about Chuba Purdy. He's there too right now. Um, he yeah. just he got injured and now he's 
he's coming back from that injury. So I think that they're they're in rebuild mode a little bit down there, uh, and, and they're they're going to be in there. That's why I think they are going to lean heavy running, though. I think they will if that offensive line can get fixed. So that's why you could see Corbin go there. But I'm not picking them to win like the ACC. That's not get crazy here. Uh, I, I don't I don't think that they're going to be doing those type of things. Um, but do you? So it, it feels like every year, Jeff, we talk about Miami being back and then Florida State being back. Remember the turnover chain? I mean, that yes. was all the rage. Yes. Like everybody's going crazy now. Every Everybody's got shit. Um, wh- are these programs ever? I mean, Florida State won a national title recently. I mean, Jameis Winston was pretty close, but we're probably never going to see what we saw in the early two thousands, late nineties, right? I mean, I was only like ten, but I know you were around, so I figured you yes. have the best experience. <laughs> I have I have vivid memories of both <laughs> of these teams dominating college football. The biggest thing, they're just getting crushed in recruiting. Nick Saban is walking through Miami Dade and picking up anybody he yeah. wants. You know. It, we talk about Calvin Ridley. I think Julio Jones may not have even been from that area too. But these are guys that – there are guys all over Alabama's roster that they would be Miami guys and it wouldn't even be second thought about it for 20, 30 years of college football. And now that Miami's just in the – you know, they're, they're an afterthought. And so I think it's so difficult right now, and especially what is running over at Clemson, it's, it's just so hard for – somebody to build programs up in some of these other areas. Georgia's got the recruiting fired up finally under Kirby Smart. We've talked about for years if Georgia ever got it figured out and they started locking guys down. Will Muschamp at Florida is – not Will Muschamp anymore. Um, Gosh, Dan Mullen at Florida is well ahead of both of these programs, I believe. Norville just was a mess when he took over, and they're still trying to figure what's going out there. Um, So I don't know. It's just – there's just too many other Ohio state again, another team that's just pulling guys that they want. So are they back there? They're going to be back anytime soon. All right. Well, I mean, that's fair. I think that's true. You couldn't just leave out Ohio state one time. Could you You had to put them in there and go there? Um, All right. No, I think, you know, as far as the reactions goes to to the spring games, I think we kind of understand that. Now, what we are going to talk about is our top five 2022 tight end rankings. So this is kind of what we've been going with through quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers. And now we're at tight ends. I think consensus as a group, these tight ends are eh, like all over the place. Yeah, we're all over. Yeah, there's no consensus. I don't even know why I put that. Uh, I think our first guy's consensus, I would yeah. say close to consensus. Um, and, and that's Jalen Weidemeyer from Texas A&M. Um, and I'll, I will throw on his tape and we can watch him a little bit. Jeff, what do you see in Weidemeyer? <laughs> Size. Uh, you know, it's he's, he's big. It's He's not <laughs> as athletic as you'd like to see. I, I think that you watch him running around in that Texas A&M uniform and it kind of gives you some visions of – Martellus Bennett, the same school, if you're old enough to remember that. Um, but he's just not – I don't know. You, you compare him to Kyle Pitts, and it's just not there. It's the number one tight end. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's some of what we talk about with Kyle Pitts is some of the guys that are looking towards the future, why to grab him now. It's just – there's not a guy like that coming. I mean, yeah. I mean, I like his strength. I like his red zone kind of mismatch, what he can do. I like – he has some weird yak ability. Like, it's weird. Like, he's not – fast but he he does find a way um and i'm rooting for him too because i mean people don't realize he was a three-star barely he wasn't even supposed to really play he was the third recruit and then the two guys in front of him got hurt uh so he ended up becoming like the guy there in texas am cup was hurt and these other guys that got hurt so he's definitely moved his way up and you know he has good hands i think he holds on the ball well in traffic he does a lot of okay things but when you're looking at in terms of like where you're going to draft this guy what is the earliest you would think christian second round maybe 
Man. Um, yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, that's probably what you're looking at. Cause I, I don't think he creates really the same mismatch. I, I even think like we, we brought up Kyle Pitts. Like how does he compare for you guys to uh Friermuth? Because I think Friermuth is a better prospect than Weidermeyer. I think so too. I know Kevin's a little bit down on Friermuth, but yeah, okay. I, I think he is too. Just the, he's a better receiver. Yeah. Um, and, and to, to Weidermeyer's credit, I do think he's got like some, some intriguing hands and he's pretty fluid when he's running his routes. Like I popped on one game and I was like, okay, I don't really get it. Uh, and then I popped on another, I was like, okay, I'm warming up to this kid. And then the third game I put on, I was like, okay, this makes sense now. Um, at, you know, like we said, not a, not a super exciting class. I don't know that he's going to finish as my tight end one which we'll get to talk about the guy that I like, but probably not on this list. So, Yeah, I mean, I I, I know who you're talking about. I like him. Too. <laughs> I wrote about him last year. Uh, but I think that when we talk about these guys, yeah, I, I think Fryermuth is going to be good, though. Like, I, I don't like – they're probably pretty close, right? I know Austin was talking about that. Debbie Dietz was talking about those guys. Uh, and it's pretty good there. Uh, Jeff, who is your number two? My number two is Jaleel Billingsley, and I don't know that he's going to be a NFL tight end, but the explosiveness, you know, he's returning kicks for the national champion is just an intriguing package. He's just so small. It's yeah. like he's like 6'2", like 229, so I don't really know what his role at the next level would be. Um, if somebody's creative enough and use him as a mismatch, it's going to be interesting to see what Alabama does because they kind of, in their spring game, they lean towards more two tight end sets. Cameron Latou was the other guy that they were playing. So that's my number two, but I'm sure you guys have a different number two. Christian, who's your number two or around there? My two is uh, Trey McBride, but I, that's, again, that's the guy that I think could overtake Widermeyer. I tweeted about him today. Uh, Colorado State, a lot of people uh, got onto that that tweet. So shout out to Colorado State. You're great. You're the secondary CSU, though, because I went to Cleveland State. Uh, but yeah, Trey McBride is mine too. Man, taking a shot at Colorado State, to even though they're giving you some love there. Now, I, I you know I I like McBride. He's a interesting guy. He's six four two sixty. He's a massive massive target. Um, I want to give a shout out, and and we have the film for him because that's how it works. If I do it, I get to talk about him. So with mine is Kate Otten. <laughs> Uh, I love this guy, and I know I got a lot of crap for it. You know, he, he is older, um, as we talked about. He's 6'5", 240. He's, definitely, he's a redshirt junior, so he came back to school. Uh, I think that he's a great blocker. He actually spent two years just learning how to block. That's what they basically said. Uh, and he's like, hey, I had to learn how to basically play tight end because where he was at in Washington, he basically was a coach's kid. He just played wide receiver, and then they moved him to tight end at, in, in Washington. Uh, he's got great hands. I love he's consistent. Okay, he's open most of the time. He has great intangibles. Uh, he's, he finds open zones. He, he lacks athleticism, so he's not like – this crazy yards after catch guy, but he's going to find the open zone. He's going to fill it. Like he's a very solid piece. Like he's a late second, third right now to me, rookie draft wise. Um, I don't think he's amazing, but he's going to get probably the top target guy over there in Washington uh, based on all these guys leaving and kind of where they are. They're going to target him a lot. So in C2C leagues, I actually like Kate Odden a lot, uh, but I needed to give a shout out to him because I just, I like his game. Um, I don't know if Jeff had him on his list. Did you have him on your list? He was my number six, I think. Okay. He's like right there on the edge. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I swung for the fences on number five. Okay. He's my three, just so you know, Kevin. So I'm right there with you. Okay. No, I mean, that's fair. I think he's around there, right? But again, a lot of these guys are really 
interchangeable. Even Weidermeyer. Like, there's arguments where you could say McBride is there, whoever. Um, Jeff, who's around your three-ish? Shout out, Jeremy Rucker. Let's go, Buckeyes. Uh, yes. <laughs> I'm taking you my guy. You know, you know, we've seen him make some spe spectacular catches. He's not utilized in the passing game, and so that gives you some concern <laughs> on how he goes to the next level. Ohio State hasn't produced tight ends, so that gives you a little bit of concern on the next level as well. But I, I think he's – I've seen enough from watching on the Buckeyes games that I, I think he's a very underrated pass receiver. I know um, I saw Christian tweeted somebody that he need, needed to do a lot of work. We're not going to see it in, in games, I don't believe, not with that receiving no. core we talked about last week. Um, but he's my guy, but I'd love to hear your guys' number three. Well, well, hold on. You're supposed to be making these arguments for your guy. Everything that you just said was like, well, he doesn't do this, but is it just that he wears, you know, the colors of the Ohio State? Is that I said at the very beginning, we have seen him make some spectacular catches in big oh. moments in big games. <laughs> okay. We saw in the Alabama uh, game last year. We saw in the Wisconsin Big Ten game the year before. He's <laughs> he's able to work vertically in the scene scheme in the uh, seam and make some good catches so that's why Re really quick uh, about rucker i don't know where you have him kevin but this is a guy that the nfl is going to like more than fantasy players yeah. it's the tommy tremble uh rucker you could have made an argument that he was the best blocking tight end in the 2021 class so i only assume that he's definitely going to be the the best blocking tight end in the next class so i think he'll get drafted with day two capital and then people yeah. are going to overdraft him probably so. I think one of my first debut articles I wrote on tight ends, I said, man, when I was trying to find highlights for Rucker, his whole, it was like 45 seconds just game film. That was it. That's all I could find. <laughs> like there was nothing before this year. Uh, I like him. But again, like you said, like I don't know. Like I think he'll be okay. But until he starts producing, uh, but I don't think he will this year, right? Are they going to throw the ball to Rucker or all their 17 yeah. five-star wide receivers? Like it's just not gonna, just not going to happen there. Um, Christian, you said your third was kind of Kate Otten around that area? Yeah, yeah. Otten is right now my third. And then we already talked about my four, which is Billingsley. Um, so I don't know who's next on, on your list. Is it uh let me let me guess. Is it is it Cole Turner? Because it should be. It's not Cole Turner yet, but it's, it's around there. It, it's <laughs> tight it, end. It, it, shut up. Not sure I, yet. I don't be hearing that. I don't want to hear that anymore. Like the no. Yes, he's a tight end. All right, he gained like fifty <laughs> pounds to play tight end. Uh, no, mine, mine is Charlie Collar, uh, Collar, whatever, however you say it. Uh, from oh man, I'm messing this up for all the time. Okay, so from uh, Iowa State, and the thing about him is like. I think he's just a very solid prospect. I was really surprised he didn't come out this year. I really thought he would. I don't necessarily know why he went back to school. Uh, but, you know, when you're watching him, he creates mismatches. He has really good hands. So the thing about um, Charlie is he has great hands. He made Brock Purdy look good, which is a testament to himself. Like, anytime Purdy was in trouble, he definitely got him the ball. He can hold on the ball. He, now, the things that I think that he struggles with is he's a lack of athleticism and speed. And blocking needs improvement. Like, he's not going to be an inline blocker. He's not very good in that, in that aspect. So, he's a pretty capable route runner. So, I kind of have him just in general kind of around that 3-4 range. And then Cole Tor Turner is my four. Okay. I, I don't hate it. Um, Jeff, you have uh, Kohler in your top he's, five, right? He's number four for me, too. So Yeah, I'm a hater. So <laughs> why are we talking <laughs> well i mean what, what don't you like about him you know i'm not really a hater i actually 
you know, as much as we don't have the top end talent in this class, I like this class for what it is. You, you have a lot of good pass catching tight ends. Like you mentioned uh, in my grading system, like I do factor in blocking and he just can't do it. Uh, he, he's very, very bad at it, but you know, this is fantasy football, right? That, that stuff doesn't matter. It might matter to teams. And that's where like, like I talked about with Rucker at the draft capital might come in, but uh, that's the only thing really that's knocking him down that plus like, is he going to be a big slot type of player because he can't block? How is he going to make his way onto a field? Of course, like in C2C, he's going to give you the production this year for sure, without a doubt. After that, I'm a little nervous for his outlook. Yeah. So. No, I mean, that's fair. I He's okay. He didn't, none of these guys really excite me. Like they're no, no one's like, uh, well, besides Colt Turner, that's my dude too. But like, I just like his yeah. kind of his profile there. Um, who's around yours, uh, Jeff, about four or five ish. So my number five, we've talked about my first four. My number five is the most ridiculous pick that you can possibly make, but I, I took Baylor cup. So Baylor cup <laughs> was the number one tight end in the class coming out two years ago. He has not played a down of college football to my knowledge. He has been injured nonstop. He just strikes me as we talk about reasons why we don't like the rest of this class. And, you know, it goes back to the old, I could have a boat or I could have a mystery box. And Baylor Cup is a mystery box because if he's on the field, would it be shocking if he were to to splash and, you know, kind of edge out even Weidermeyer in terms of being the top tight end for Texas A&M. And all of a sudden we're sitting a year from now saying, oh, my God, this guy finally put it together. He's the top tight end in the class or he could just be absolutely nothing at all. So, you know, it's, it's fun for discussion. If I didn't put him at five, we probably wouldn't have talked about him at all. But hey, let's roll the dice. Let's pick the mystery box every once in a while. It's fun. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I just, he, he's got to stay on the field, but he's got to be healthy. I mean, he's got to, he's literally, I don't, does he have a snap yet? I don't no. think he has one snap, so, right? Like, that was I, probably a, a terrible selection. Yeah, I think he's got hurt in, in spring, spring game both times or something like that. I mean, but he has talent. He's a massive dude. There's uh, stories that he's have a great spring. The coaches say he's ready to go. He's having a great spring. And do coaches ever lie? I mean, hey, <laughs> never heard a coach speak. People still talk about, you know, but I will say if, if, if Cup is there, Weidermeyer is there healthy and Demos, um, DeMond DeMoss is there. They have Spiller, um, all those guys. If Haynes King is anything, that's freaking sneaky team right there. We've talked about it enough, but that team has legitimate championship yeah. contention there. I think uh, we, we need to start a letter writing campaign to our Lord and Savior, Carson Strong, and to get him <laughs> to transfer down to Texas A&M because I think they could be taking the SEC West if he weren't able to do that. But um, I'm sure he's very comfortable in Nevada and waiting to go to the NFL. But just Carson Strong, if you're watching, if family and friends of Carson Strong are watching, um, we, we can't urge you enough that Texas A&M is set – and primed for you to just walk in there, use the transfer rule, and just go win a natty, man. You know, Burrow, do the Burrow. You know, win a Heisman, win a natty, go number one overall. Just do it, man. Go go uh, win a natty. All right. With, uh, <laughs> Christian, where are you at around here? I don't even know where we're on now, guys. If you listen to this, I think we're on four, five, six, seven, ten. Yeah, five. I, so it's a guy that we haven't – I don't know if you have the, the film for him. We talked about Cole Turner. Uh, we're just talking about Carson Strong. It, it might be a, a decent transition over. Um, but Cole Turner is, is my five. I don't like this. I, I love when it switches back over. Oh, we do have the film. This is good yes, news. Do. Uh, Cole Turner, 
listen, I think he's both a Debbie and a C two C asset. Uh, dude is <laughs> he he makes impressive catches. If you're watching right now, you saw that one right there. Um, he is also a little more versatile. So like we talk about Kohler and what his uh, blocking ability looks like. I think I would, you know, <laughs> they're, they're about on the same level, but I think Cole Turner has better hands and that's why I have him up a little bit. Uh, I think he's a little more physical than guys like Kohler and, you know, maybe even Otten, but probably not. He's just a guy, he's going to be Carson Strong's, Probably two because I think Dow's is probably the the one still there. So uh, I think it's definitely an intriguing pick, and I think this is another guy that could get some decent capital. That's the thing with this class; it's going to be a lot of round two and three guys. But imagine if uh, if Cole Turner is drafted in round three to a team that needs a tight end, then you have an NFL tight end too. So yeah, no, I hey, I'm a, I've talked about Cole Turner last year when I read the story about how he gained 40 pounds and basically said I'm not going to be a wide receiver anymore. And he's six six two forty, guys. I mean, if you're looking at profile and athletic profile, and he's quick because he's got that wide receiver kind of frame and that ability and his ability to ca- catch. I think also the red zone. Um, he's he's the target for Strong in the red zone. You saw his red zone catches, his ability to go up get the ball. Uh, the only two things that I don't like, he's still learning the position. Like we said, he basically has played one year tight end ish, whatever hybrid type thing. And then blocking, like you mentioned blocking, like, Hey, he might not just be a blocker. Like that's just might not be something that he does, but you can learn. He's big. He's got a big frame too. He's not small as undersized. Uh, you know, Jeff didn't have him cause he's a hater, but what do you think of Turner? Yeah. Yeah. Kind of reminds me of Kylan Granson from this past class as, um, you know, mobile, he's a move tight end. So he's, he's should be right there. I don't know. Like all these guys are just kind <laughs> of, Sometimes it's fun to talk about mystery boxes, Kevin, and that's what <laughs> oh, I'm okay. Well, I, I did put up uh, Greg Dolchitz from UCLA. He was my five. I just want to mention real quick. You don't have to watch the film. But, you know, he, he's an interesting. I think he's a mystery box guy, too. He had he did okay last year in UCLA's offense. He was a big threat, vertical threat. He averaged just under, I think it was 20 yards a catch. Uh, he's undersized, though. He's 6'4", 242. I don't know if I like that as much. He's got good hands. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, what I what I said today when I released my top five is that this is going to be the most volatile position in the draft, the class. Like, these guys are going to be interchangeable. I mean, if if Jeff's mystery box balls out this year, we could be talking about Cup as being the wide, the tight end one. And then Weidemeyer get behind him after even the production that we've seen. Uh, and I, I'm a little shook also because I picked Brevin Jordan as my tight end, too, going into the draft. And he got drafted. I think it was, I think he's still waiting to get drafted. I think he's out there. He's, he's by his phone <laughs> just wondering if he's going to get the call. So. So again, I might just not know what the hell I'm talking about when it comes to tight end. So that's it there. Anybody else you guys want to give an honorable mention or shout out to? Uh, I'll, not in next year's class. <laughs> I'll, I'll just say one guy that I think could declare, and it's that Miami. Uh, we just talked about Brevin. There are some people saying that Will Mallory is a better mm-hmm. tight end than Brevin. Um, now, for what tight ends like actually do in the NFL, they might be right. I studied him a little bit. Uh, he definitely is a more like downfield player than Brevin was. And I think maybe that's why Brevin started to fall and maybe Mallory won't, but I also don't think that anything pops off tape. Uh, we'll see, I guess in that offense, I think, you know, we, we just talked about them. They, they could have a sneaky good offense. They've got a good offensive line. So we'll see if they toss him into the Brevin Jordan role though, then, then I think he's in trouble. I think he's probably a day three pick. So (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, when I watched Mallory's tape, I was like, eh, he's okay, uh, but yeah. he could, you know, what you're talking about. But if they put him in that role, he's not gonna, he's not gonna succeed there. Yeah. All right. Well, we're gonna run over to the sports book rundown. So we are gonna be talking about, I guess, the NBA again because this is an NBA slash Debbie slash football show. Uh, thanks to Jeff. But Jeff, why don't you break it down for us? <laughs> Absolutely. So this show is broken up into three different games. The winner of each game is awarded a poker chip. Whoever finishes the show with the most chips receives the turnover chain of immunity and that while the losers must grab from the mcdonald's happy meal box of death um you know we, we've been really trying to get a sponsorship with mcdonald's and i saw a meme that or they had just posted that if you work at mcdonald's for six months you can get an iphone so i don't know that they're going to splash us with any money so maybe <laughs> to you Maybe we need to touch into some SEC roots and look for different avenues if McDonald's isn't interested. But um, anyways, so miss, miss the pick, and we are going to hit the bucket of death and get some punishments. As you saw earlier in the show, I finally paid some things off, and Christian's going to take us through the sportsbook rundown as he won last week. So he is holding the first chip. Yeah, yeah, that's exciting. Uh, so, yeah, like like Kevin and Jeff said, we're doing NBA games uh, I do want to, okay. Yeah, we're good. I think I felt like the Celtics game was on here. I'm pretty sure that one's over already, but, um, first game Lakers at Suns game two. uh, Kevin, who are you picking for this game? I'm going Lakers. They can't lose another game. I'm going to, uh, I hope they go one, one. We'll, we'll try it, but God, LeBron stop. I know Christian loves LeBron, but you got to stop flopping, man. Like you got to stop pretending like you're dead every time you get touched. I don't. It's like to a new level this year too. I like yeah. like I know he's always done it, but I I don't understand like the when Chris Paul pulled his arm down and then he acted like he was dead. I feel yeah. you. I feel you. Jeff, who are you picking? Lakers. I'm not going alone against LeBron. Yeah, I'm also picking the Lakers. I <laughs> again, it's LeBron. I don't think he's ever lost game one and then lost game two as well. I don't think he's ever been down 0-2 in the first round of the playoffs. I think I saw a stat. First round of the playoffs, maybe, because I know round. that he's been swept or yeah. swept before. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think in the first round, he always bounces back, wins game two. I think it happens. Next game, uh, Mavericks at Clippers game two. Kevin, who you picking? I'm going to go Clippers. I don't think they can. I, I think it's going to be very close, but I, I'm going to go Clippers. Okay. This is my favorite series, I think, of the first round outside of my – we're going to talk about the other team up and coming, but I'll take the Clippers. Okay. Wow. Uh, so I actually – I did a little prep work, and I put <laughs> my picks in before so that I wouldn't feel swayed when you guys did, and I picked the Mavericks. So I'm, I'm rolling with the Mavs again. Luka's going to go off, um, I hope, because that's my pick. Uh, all right. Third game, Wizards at 76ers. Game two, Kevin, who you picking? Uh, Sixers. Okay. Sixers, make it a sweep. Yeah, yeah, Sixers for me as well. Uh, next game, Hawks at Knicks. Uh, Trey Young just went off and then said it's quiet as F in here, and that was awesome. Big Trey Young guy. Kevin, who you picking? I'm going Knicks. It's gonna they're gonna shut Trey Young up this game. Fighting Trey Youngs. Let's go, Hawks. <laughs> uh yeah, I'm picking the Knicks, but I do want to tell a really quick fun story. I got just absolutely annihilated on Twitter. Shocking, I know. Uh last year, because I said that the Hawks were gonna make the playoffs, right? I, they had a nice solid young core. 
and then they sucked. They were really bad last year. They had Lou Will. They're in the playoffs this year. One of my buddies texted me. He's like, yeah, you should have just held that one back for a year. I said, yeah, that's okay. That's what Twitter's for, right? Uh, all right. Next game, Grizzlies at Jazz. Kevin, who are you picking? You know, I picked the Grizzlies in the first game, but I'm going to go Utah in this game. Fighting John Morans. I'm going to take you. I'm going to take the Grizzlies. Yeah, and I'm going to roll with the Jazz here. And then last game on the docket, Nuggets at Blazers. Jokic went absurd in the first game, and it was fun to watch. Kevin, who are you picking? Uh, Dame time. I'm going Portland. You really think I'm going to pick against my Portland Trail Blazers? Absolutely <laughs> not. I'm taking the Blazers all the way. Well, I am the uh, the odd one out here. I am taking the Nuggets again because I think they're very, very good. So that's it. Uh, we'll see who wins. I'm glad I won last week. I I think – didn't I get all of them right last week somehow? You did get all of them, yeah. of them right. There were only three I think that we did because I kind of forgot how the play-in games worked. We probably would have picked more had we not. <laughs> this is, as you can tell, we are NBA experts, and um, we would have picked yeah. more. But, yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, all right. Well, we're moving on to our, our next game, which is uh, prospect poker, something that we do know a little bit more about. And uh, what we are going to be looking at for prospect poker, uh, the rules of the game are simple. We are just tossing three cards in the river. Each holds two before we evolve a card. We're going to talk about players we think are basically overvalued and undervalued Debbie assets. So some guys that I think are getting undervalued and these guys are in an overvalued and we'll go there. So we're going to start with Christian first. Uh, who is your undervalued asset, Christian? Well, and, and we've already talked about him on this show, and we'll talk about him pretty much every show for the every rest show. of eternity. Every damn show. Uh, it's Carson Strong. Uh, so right now his ADP uh, in Debbie Leagues is sitting in the 60s, uh, which you might think, you know, that's that's a pretty good, good spot for a, a small school quarterback. It's not. Carson Strong is going to be a first-round NFL draft pick in what I think is a pretty weak quarterback class now of course my judgment might be a little clouded because we just had one of the better ones i've ever seen uh in 2021 but carson strong is gonna put himself in the conversation for the top overall pick in 2022 and so when you're thinking about where he's being drafted you know other than the leagues that i'm in because i'm reaching for him i don't care i don't want to lose out on having carson strong the kid is just good he's good under pressure he's good at throwing deep now of course like there are areas that he could improve, but that's common with a guy who's only started two years. You think about a guy like Zach Wilson, and I'm not comparing the two, but the meteoric rise to being drafted ahead of Justin Fields, which was absurd. Um, with Carson Strong, you know, I could see that happening. He could be drafted over Howell or Rattler, and you can get him in the sixth, seventh round. I'm, I, I'm scooping him up everywhere, so... All right, so so we flipped out. Actually, kind of an interesting toss. We have a 10 of diamonds, we have a 6 of diamonds, and we have a 4 of diamonds. And Christian's flip is an 8 of diamonds because, <laughs> of course, it is because Christian always wins. Um, and so my turn. So my guy that I'm going to talk about is Clemson wide receiver, Aju Aju, six foot four, 220 pounds. He's Bless a you. big wide receiver. Exactly. He's falling outside of – I've seen him outside of the top 100 in most ADP that I've seen. Yeah. The wide receiver target room is completely wide open with Clemson, with Cornell Powell, with Amari Rodgers leaving. We've talked about DJ Uyangalele as being perhaps the top Debbie quarterback. The, all eyes are going to be on Clemson, and it's kind of – whoever emerges is going to be wide open – 
And the spring, coaches have raved about him. I believe we saw a big touchdown catch in the spring game. He's yeah. just a physical, imposing wide receiver. And he's a guy that really could work his way to the very top of the upcoming uh, draft. And so Aju Aju is my pick. And I toss out a five of hearts, and mm. I got nothing. Nothing. Yeah. Um, all right. So I'll, I'll go with mine, but real quick about Carson Strong. One thing you can guys can do in leagues right now. I actually, you guys will like this. I flipped Keaton Slovis in one of my Debbie leagues for Carson Strong plus a first round pick, uh, which is a Debbie depleted pick, uh, which in turn turned into basically I got um, Jav- Javante Williams because he was in that in that draft class. So I was able to flip Keaton Slovis into Carson Strong and Javante Williams in a Debbie league. That's what you should be doing right now. Um, Carson Strong is that because people still think Keaton Slovis is a very top prospect, and that's what's happening right now. Okay, so just a just a heads up out there for everybody out there. As far as my undervalued guy, and it's someone that I actually I've I've kind of been on for a while now. It's Austin Jones from Stanford. Uh, a lot of people last year kind of left him for dead because of EJ Smith, uh, Emmett Smith's kid who, who went to Stanford. They thought he was going to be the guy. You know, Austin Jones has a pretty good profile. He's one of the best high school running backs out of California that we saw. Um, he, he was a monster okay, in high school. He scores touchdowns. He, he's a very good runner. He's a solid back. The only thing he doesn't have is speed. So when you're watching his tape, the one thing you're going to see is like, hey, he doesn't have that. But right now, his ADP is almost in the 10th round, basically 10th, 11th round. So if you're in a C2C league, I think he's valuable because I think he's going to get a ton of carries. They like to rely on their their veteran backs. He's a guy that stepped up last year, had multiple touchdowns in games. Uh, he actually tied a CMC record for most touchdowns in a row for multiple touchdowns in a game. So when you think about what he's able to produce, the college side is good. And then he does have some outside shot in a running back class that's kind of Eh, like it's okay, but it's there. Like he's going to have value there maybe if he comes out. So I think, I think it's Austin Jones. I think the running back from Stanford is a guy that you should take a look at. So Kevin's flip, a queen of di- queen of hearts. So Kevin has a high card. Christian is waiting on another <laughs> diamond. Don't give him a diamond. Come on, guys. I need a diamond here. All right. Uh, I'll go right into my guy who I think is being overvalued in uh, Debbie leagues. And that is Jahan Dotson, the Penn state wide receiver. Uh, This is a guy, his ADP is right in the 70s. I've seen him ranked in top 100 lists all over the place. But it's a guy that he's living off of highlight catches and special teams work, in my opinion. Um, I don't think that Jahan Dotson is a good separator. And when you're that small, he's not like when you watch him play, he doesn't play small. But when you're not a, a bigger physical receiver, I expect that you'll be able to create some separation. You don't really see that a ton with Dotson. Um, and I think he has pretty average hands, a lot, a lot of body catches. This isn't a guy that I project well to the NFL. And so as a C2C asset, he might be nice. You know, he might, he might be good for this year. You assume that he'll declare after this year. As a Debbie asset, though, I don't think that I want any part of him. So I think uh, drafting him anywhere near this seventh, uh, sixth, seventh, eighth round is a little crazy. I have no shares. I don't plan to have shares. Dotson, overvalued. All right, Christian's flip. Dang it. Six. So right. Christian's flip is sitting up. on a pair of sixes. So my guy is old Miss running back, Jerrion Ely. Um, Jerry Neely is teeny tiny. He's five foot eight, <laughs> 190 pounds. He, so to be clear, he is absolutely going to smash this year. And so if you're playing in a C2C format, he's going to smash for you. Even if you have him as a Debbie asset, he's going to smash. 
The problem is when we get into the draft process, kind of strikes me as next year's Kenny Gainwell right now, where I think maybe the analytical warriors are going to absolutely love him and even maybe some of the tape guys, but I am very, very scarred over what we saw last just last month with undersized running backs in the draft where NFL teams treated them. He's a very role specific player at the next level. And I'm skeptical that you'll really get enough volume to return much value outside of him being a Tariq Cohen role that might be a PPR play occasionally. Uh, but he is my guy and I'm going to flip and I'm going to get a seven of spades. Ooh. And I almost got a straight, but I did not get a straight and I got nothing. So uh, this is a question for both of you guys really quick about Ely. Um, I drafted Travion Henderson in a C2C league with the 110 and a guy in the league. It was a mock draft. He said that was a reach and that he can't believe I drafted him that high. And then he drafted Ely at the end of the second or beginning of the third, somewhere around there. And I didn't say anything because I was, I really didn't want to be that guy, but that's more of a reach to me than it is for Henderson, even in C2C, right? Or am I crazy? You know, what is the number one running back recruit in the nation coming into a big school that he could potentially run away with the role? And the other guy is a teeny tiny. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, and two, when you draft Jerry and Ely, you get one more year of production probably. And so that's like drafting uh, Tom Brady in the first round of a dynasty startup to me. So. No, yeah. that's fair right like but i just thought that was hilarious that he said my pick was terrible and then <laughs> i reached when i grabbed the number one running back in the country and he grabbed Jaron ely who hey you know what good for you man all right anyway sorry I, I, if you're listening to this you don't follow me anyway so you know this all right no my guy okay my guy here is justin ross uh and i like ross so i don't want anybody to come after me here he's 64205 he's a junior uh he's still getting drafted like middle of the third um i saw him go at the end of the second of a draft i a mock draft that i saw i think that we're still drafting him based on two years ago prior to his injury so he with he had a spinal cord injury or with his neck injury that he had to have he had to have that fusion surgery and there's a lot of talk about him not even getting cleared maybe if he's going to get cleared stop drafting this guy so high like i drafted him last year like the 12th round or something like that but he's getting drafted the second third fourth round and i'm getting very worried about that just because i feel like his value is way too high right now because i don't even know if he's gonna play football again uh i, I don't know about that so i think ross is a guy i'm staying away from until i know that he can get on a field and take a hit take as you as you instead kevin's flip Kevin wins. Kevin and Christian both had a pair of sixes, and Kevin wins with the high card. Good job, Kevin. All right, I'll take it. So we're tied one to one again. This is the same situation. We are last tied one to one again, and I'm just kind of hoping to play spoiler on our next game. So our next game, we are playing blackjack trivia, and the way blackjack trivia works, we throw out blackjack we see if we need to hit if you hit we get a trivia question if you get it right you either add or subtract whatever the best outcome to your score is if you get it wrong you get the worst outcome to your score so we will bring this up here i i would like to request jeff's first question i would like to ask jeff his first question. okay well maybe i'll just get blackjack right away so kevin or christian starts with a four of hearts and a Ugh. nine of of diamonds, so he's sitting on a thirteen. Is this me or Kevin? I don't. I think Kevin. it's Kevin. So Kevin's got an eight of diamonds and a seven of diamonds, so he's got fifteen. I've got a king of spades. Oh, <laughs> well, I'm saving my question for next week. 
<laughs> so uh, we can't even tie you, right? So, I mean, but you flip up blackjack. I mean, you kind of win, don't you? I guess yeah, it's not you exactly are. blackjack. So, um, yeah, we're kind of running low on time, so I won, which means that we split the games <laughs> and Christian retains the championship. Kevin has it. Easy now, there, Jeff. Oh, Kevin! Kevin retains the championship. Okay. Okay. This close. Right. Come on. Right. Don't be giving away. I don't win right. very you much. Got it. Right. You got it. You got it. Very much. Uh, so now I have to pick out of the freaking. Well, thing. we are going to we. Yeah, let's pick out of here. Let's see what we got because let's see if I start stacking up punishments again. Give me the Lakers. From all around. So we got. Oh, Christian's got the Wizards. <laughs> Sorry, no. bud. Uh-oh, yeah. maybe this will be the first time you lose there, Christian. Yeah, Christian needs a punishment. I do. I, I want one. Bring it on. Bring it on. And I got, ooh, Clippers. That's a fun one. Uh, so okay. I'm sure that they will lose by a point. So if you're a gambler <laughs> out there, make sure to put a little bit of money on the Mavericks beating the Clippers by a point because that's how it will happen. Um, but, Kevin, you are the retaining champion, and, and you put a little bit of FaceTime. Feel free, my friend. Of course, I gotta take free time when I can. Uh, I, you know, I, I, being the degenerate that I am, I was looking at the. I've been diving into the 2022 class uh, for my recruiting stuff for some leagues I'm in and some other stuff. There's a kid that you guys all need to look out for. His name is. Uh, some of you guys probably know Gavin Wimsat. He's going to Rutgers. He is. He's going to be a stud quarterback. He's a dual threat quarterback right now. He's the number three dual state um, dual threat quarterback. Rutgers is slowly building some stuff down there uh, or up there, whatever the hell they are. I don't know. Uh, but in that in that conference, they can. They're really building that program. But Gavin Wimsett is a guy. Everybody's going to talk about um, Quinn Ewers and all these different guys. But Gavin Wimsett, remember that name. Go look at his tape. I really like this kid from Rutgers. Uh, he could be a lot of fun to watch in the next few years. Yeah, I saw that they – I don't know the name, but, like, the offensive tackle that they just got committed the other day was the yeah. number one highest-rated rec recruit in New Jersey to ever commit to Rutgers. So Greg Schiano's building something, and the Buckeyes will be beating them by 50 instead of 70 here in the next couple of years. So <laughs> – That's true. That that's, is yeah, that's, that's, that's pretty valuable. Yeah. Kevin, what – you got anything to say? No, I mean, no, nah, that's that, 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 that's that's fine. Uh, you know, next week we are on Ju June first. We'll be on at nine thirty, like always, um, until Jeff big times us gets another pod sometime. Uh, be sure to catch us in the going for two family of pods. Until then, I'm Kevin Coleman at the boys underscore twenty two. I'm Jeff Bell at for whom J Bell tolls, and I'm Christian Williams at C Williams NFL, and this is the Debbie Roy 